You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 75. I'm talking to Phil Battle about his new book, Rethink Communication. Some things have changed. Do you know what they are? Let's find out. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, before his daddy beats up your daddy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. This week, I am super excited to get Phil Bowdle in here to talk to us about communications stuff. And I've been following Phil for a while. He has a great blog. We're going to link to all that in the show notes. But let me tell you this. He's got a new book. It's called Rethink Communications. Everyone's posting about it in the church communication space. If you haven't picked this book up, I'll give you a link. Go get it on Amazon. Go get it at his website. I'll put the links in the show notes. The show notes for this episode are at sethmuse.com slash 75. 75 episodes in now here almost two years down the road. Uh, of podcasting. So if, if you've been with me for since the beginning, I just want to say thank you for sticking around. And if you're new, welcome to the family. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on outside of this podcast. I have a blog at sethmuse.com, obviously, but there's a, a Facebook group that if you, I'll put a link in my show notes as well, and you can find it on my webpage, but go to uh, the Facebook group and join up because we're doing some great conversations in there about church communication space. And if you're interested in following me and I might do tips, I might just show you pictures of New York city where I just got back from on vacation and, uh, or interesting and fun things that I find follow me on Instagram. I'm at Seth muse. It's real easy. I got in early on Instagram, so I got a good handle. So I'm pretty pumped about that, but I don't want to waste a whole lot of time here on this little intro because we got some great stuff to cover with my friend, Phil. Phil spoke at that church conference recently, and he kind of gave a synopsis of his book. So if you went to the conference, you'll, you can go back and kind of see some of the highlights of this, uh, of this book in his talk, uh, from the 20 and this is, uh, I'm talking about 2018, that church conference in September. So, uh, you can go check that out on at that cc.com. But uh, here we go. I mean, let's listen to Phil. He's going to fill us in on a lot of things. There are three things he says that have changed attendance, engagement and attention. And those things are changing for the church. So let's we're going to talk a lot about what those what that means and how you can adjust accordingly. So here we go. Here's my conversation with Phil. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, and I'm here finally, finally, it's been a year in the making with Phil Battle on the show. Phil, welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Dude, it is great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Man, I'm familiar with a lot. I've been following your blog for a while, and um, you've just released a book that I'm really excited to talk to you about. But first, just tell us a little bit about you and where you serve and where you serve on staff at a church and, and kind of a little bit about you and your family or whatever you want to share. Yeah, for sure. So I am uh, live in Northwest Atlanta, and I uh, I get to serve at at um, Westridge Church, which is in um, Northwest Atlanta there, and um, I serve as the creative arts pastor. And so got my start here as the communications director, and um, started to kind of build that team, and um, then moved into communications and video, and then communications, and then video and live video, and just kind of worked my way around to just. 
um, primarily just loving being able to tell one story through everything we create and share as a church. So get to do that um, at Westridge and just blessed to serve with an incredible team, an incredible pastor. And um, I'm, I feel really blessed. I know not everybody has a great working environment at their church, but I, I'm, I'm super thankful uh, for where God's placed me. That's awesome. Are, are you on the leadership team there, like senior leadership or are you? I like, am. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. Yep. Well, um, let's, let's dive into this, um, this, this book, Rethink Communications. Um, it came out when, when it actually yesterday, yesterday? Uh, January 22nd. Yeah. We're, the day. we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, the 23rd. So yesterday on 22nd, it came out. And, um, I heard you present a little bit of this at that church conference this last year. It kind of solidified some things for you and it was a really great presentation. Um, what inspired you to really come to this conclusion and say, I got to write this down. I got to get this in a book. What's, what's the heart behind this? Yeah. I mean, so I grew up as a, uh, as a PK, my dad's a pastor and I've worked with ministry leaders my whole life. And I've obviously have a huge passion for communication leaders. And what was burdening me was at the end of the day, everybody was having this, everybody that was talking at conferences or in conversations, they were all um, bumping up against the same barriers, the same issues. And um, what's interesting is all those issues usually linked right back to an issue of communication. And so what I really wanted to do is create a, create a book that helped, that would help be a bridge for the pastor, for the ministry leader, the communications leader or creative leader to just wrap their heads around what has happened and the impact of the greatest communication, um, you know, culture change in over 500 years and help them understand that and, and really help, help churches give, give them a new playbook for how they can clarify and communicate any message in their church so that it's actually heard and responded to. And I, I think that the burden that I carry is knowing that so many churches are so overwhelmed with just trying to survive and just trying to make it. Cause I don't know know yeah. many church leaders that aren't just super busy and overwhelmed. So, right, right. But but the challenge is churches also don't love change. And I don't what? know any church. No. Yeah, um, shocking information. No, man. It's like the center yeah. of church change. That's like the name of exactly. a church I know. Never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> so the what happens then is. Um, pastors and church leaders tend to go back to the old playbook that used to work at some point for their church. And so what I try to challenge people in the book to do is to help them understand that um, we don't have a message problem. We have a message delivery problem. And so we don't need to blow up our message at all. That works. But we do, as good stewards of the message that we have, we need to be um, rethinking communication in our church and, and putting a new playbook in place to help connect with people, not only where they are, but where they're going um, and yeah. whether they're with us on a Sunday or whether they're um, sitting there on their phone on a Monday. I think we have now we have the tools to reach them wherever they are, but it's going to take us using a new playbook than we used before. And so, yep. like I said, that's just that's the goal of the book, just to try to help people rethink um, what they've been doing and give them a clear path forward that they can use and leverage to communicate more effectively to their community and beyond. That's awesome. And tell me if you've experienced this, because here's, here's my experience with this. It's it, when you mentioned like change is really tough and that's, we joke about that, but it's true. It is, it's tough in an organization. It's tough in the church, but with a church in my experience, it's been, it's not really telling, getting people to change from something that's broken to something that's uh, not broken. It's, it's like getting people to change from something that kind of works to something that really works. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, have you experienced that? Is that is that more of what we're dealing with in most cases? Well, I mean, I, I think there's an element to that, and I, I think there's a a little bit of just culture shock that's happening right now for, especially for senior pastors and and, and smaller churches where they're seeing the the things that they used to be able to bank on and count on um, change. I mean, denominations are changing, and I think yeah. just the just the area of attendance is changed so much that it's it's kind of frightening some church leaders to say, okay, what happened? Is it us? Is it them? Do we need to, as we communicate, do we need to communicate louder, more? Do we, you know, what's changing? And it, sadly, I think some of this is, it turns into um, some frustration around the people that are engaging with their church. Yeah. And it's, it's more of, oh, it's them, it's not us. And I think there's a reality of, yeah, there is some aspect to, yeah, yeah. they are, they are changing. But I, I, when I think back to what Jesus commissioned us to do, and that was to go and make disciples, um, what I like to share is, I mean, he, it, he gave us the why he, but he didn't clarify the how on this. And so I think for us, again, as stewards of the gospel, we have to say, okay, what's the new reality for the people we're trying to reach and how can we go reach them there and leverage, um, leverage the tools and the opportunities we have. And yes, that might mean that we need to change some things and change is never easy, but it's worth it. Um, it's worth it for what's at stake. I agree. I'm, I'm one that I like change when it really is me driving the change. That's really fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it then. It's, yeah. it's, no when, it's when somebody That's else is kind of change, right? Somebody else is trying to change me. I'm like, Hey buddy, slow down, slow yeah. down, ease up. But in all seriousness, I mean, I agree. A lot, a lot has changed. And I remember when I was a youth pastor, yeah, maybe a decade or less ago that um, I started noticing and when I moved to a bigger city too, I really saw it, but I saw it in a smaller rural areas as well. Um, as a youth pastor, it started to become harder and harder and harder to get my kids to show up on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And it was like this cultural, sh- I mean, when I was in high school, we, our school actually let out early at two fifteen, So people could have time to get home and have dinner and go to church. That was wow. our, our yeah. school board decided to do that just on Wednesday. Um, places weren't open on Sunday. You know, there's things like that, that I grew up with that now I'm, and I'm going to be 40 this, this month. And it's like, it wasn't too long ago. It was like that. And it shifted so fast that now it is so hard to get people anywhere on a weeknight. And you pretty much get that Sunday time with them. It's how do you reach your people? And, um, I think what I hear you saying is kind of what I'm, I'm with too, is that, man, now we have tools that we can do that, even if they can't make it all the time, mm-hmm. you know, with attendance. So tell us a little bit about how attendance is shifting. You mentioned like engagement, attention, some of these other things in the book, how those yeah. things are shifting. Talk a little bit about what's changing there. Yeah. So the, the first section of the book is just to help get everybody on the same page. And that's to understand what the new reality is for the people we're trying to communicate with. And, um, I think the first big change is the area of attendance. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to look hard or far to see that attendance looks different now than it used to. And so the, the way I break it down there is, share the story of our own church and, and that's realizing, I mean, we've been tracking attendance trends since the beginning, since the beginning of Western church 21 years ago. And about eight years ago, when I started, um, we, we knew by tracking, you know, kids, kids check-ins and, you know, a couple other key metrics. We, we knew that the average person was coming about every two to three weeks, roughly. Um, and I remember that even when I heard that the first time, I'm like, 
wow, like that's not very much. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and those, and those people consider that when you ask them to be often, like if you uh-huh. said, how often oh, you, sure. how often do you do, is it pretty regular? Yeah, I'm regular. Yeah. And it's hard, I think for church leaders to understand that because we are church leaders and we're the most invested and we're usually there every week for the most part. And so what was startling to me is as we were really diving into this more as a leadership team over the last couple of years, we were learning that now the new reality is not people coming every two to three weeks. It's more like them coming once every four to six weeks on average. And so that, I mean, that not only just like shook me, you know, from a, from a leadership standpoint. Um, but it also is just startling to realize that other churches were seeing the same things as well. And so what, what changed for me is just asking the question, okay, if the new reality for us is that we have a chance to communicate with people maybe eight to 10 times a year in person, okay, what needs to change about what we're doing? Because I think, um, what most churches do is they assume what what they communicate, what they're doing is is for everybody. You know, when they do it on Sunday, they're reaching everybody. When the reality is what you do on Sunday may actually be reaching 20, 25 percent of the people that call your church home. Yeah. And so just call people in the book to help grab a hold of understanding what attendance looks like now. And then moving into the engagement side of knowing, OK, if, if we can't count on and connecting and engaging people when they're um, inside the walls of the church, how do we reach them on the outside? And I, I think the new reality for, for us now is knowing that the, the, the greatest opportunities we used to have for communicating was were inside the walls of the church. And the new reality now is that the greatest opportunities we have are outside of the walls of the church. And what are some of those opportunities in your mind? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, so it, the goodness, I mean, it started years ago. It's like, oh, we, there's Facebook and now we can use this. But now yeah. it feels like every two minutes there's a new platform or new opportunity out there of digital tools. Yeah. And so I, I think I would just lump them all up in digital, whether that's obviously your website, but, you know, social, Facebook's Twitter, Instagram, um, texting is huge for us right now in our, in, in our church of, of using that as a way to really connect mm-hmm. and invest in, into people, um, on that. And so, and just, it, there's tons of opportunities to reach people where they are, um, during the week, the average person spends hours of, of their time each day on social media, but they may only spend, an hour in your church once, you know, for one hour a month um, on that. And so it just, it means if you look at that with fresh eyes and rethink it, you're like, Oh, okay. I need to probably rethink some things about what we're doing and how we're doing that. So yeah, that's kind of the goal there. I think the last stat I saw is that the average Facebook user is on Facebook, a total of 40 minutes a day on Mm -hmm. average. And that's just Facebook, not to mention YouTube. God, if we track that, it'd be like three hours a day, average yeah. YouTube, YouTuber. <laughs> and and oh, growing. I yeah. mean, it, it's growing. And so what I share in the book is, I mean, it used to be pretty simple. The old playbook was you could communicate to people through your services and through print when they came to your services. You could hand them a bulletin yep. or whatever. But now, I mean, after the digital revolution, we have, yes, we still have the physical stuff of services and print things. But digital, we have social, web, email, video text. I mean, there, there are so many different ways. I mean, Venmo, I, Venmo is a give is like a cash app type. They all have social functions. Yeah. I mean, it's, why? It's, I mean, <laughs> that's a whole hey, separate my friend yeah. Rob just paid so-and-so 30 bucks. Well, good. Who cares? Yeah. You know, it's everything is the social aspect. It's crazy. 
Yeah, no doubt. So I, mean, I think it's it, we can get frustrated all we want with it, and the reality is that it is kind of frustrating for the church because you realize, okay, we're going to have to work harder at this and, and allocate some more time to this. But Absolutely. Again, it's just it's if that's the reality, then that then it's worth what we invest into it. You know, it's worth the time, it's worth the energy we we put into it. And I think, I mean, I've just you know, I, I saw the fruits of this just the other day at at, um, at our church. I mean, we. Um, we're doing a a reading plan that we're sending out each day um, to our church to by text message. Mm-hmm. So it's just 140 characters. It's a scripture verse, a link to that verse on you version, and just a short, quick challenge. Oh, that's and a good idea for the for the third week. Let me let steal that off you. That's a good yeah, idea. Go for it. Go that's for a good it. idea. Um, text for each day to seven seven four five three. There you go. Um, so. <laughs> If um, so, the, for the third week of, of the series, just this past Sunday, we shared um, we shared on text that hey, this week we were talking about anxiety as a church, and so we want to know um, genuinely, we want to know what are you anxious about right now that we can be praying about as a church. And so this was sent at like one thirty in the afternoon um, on a I think on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Well, within an hour, hour and a half, I think we had over two hundred messages from people that are sharing just major, major things that they're anxious about that um, that they are carrying in with them every single week in, in the church. And so we got a chance to use a digital tool outside of the walls of the church to actually connect them inside of the walls of the church or wherever they were going to, or online or whatever it was to, to watch our live stream or something. But we had a chance to bridge that and, and create a connection with them, but also to create a moment where they knew, Hey, my church is praying for me. Like my, uh, the, the, the pastors, the leaders, the, the, the church here that I'm connected with, they, they hear me, they see me and they actually, they actually are praying for me. Um, and I mean, what a, what a gift for, for us to be able to use those yeah. tools now to be able to connect. And so I think what, what burdens me is a lot of churches are saying, okay, okay. So we got text messages. How can we, how can we promote more stuff through that? Or, you know, right. how, Facebook, how do we promote more stuff? And it, and I, it just kills me because they're missing, um, that might be 10% of what you do, but 90% of it needs to be fulfilling your mission. And so I think for that, yes. we've got, we got to rethink these things as promotional tools and, and really look at them as ministry tools. That's definitely a shift. And, and I'll ask you this too, with in attendance and engagement shifting so much, um, the church typically isn't too quick for these types of changes, but I see some churches changing their definition of what attendance even looks like, where Mm -hmm. uh, if you show up to an online service, that counts as attendance. And if you show up to a Bible study that happens to meet in a group or something online, that's a, that's attendance. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I I can see it changing even in some of those definitions of the words we use of how we're measuring the effectiveness of what we're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. But the last thing you mentioned is attention. And I think that's a huge one today. Uh, Brady Shearer says it's the, it's the, well, actually it's Gary V, but he steals it, but it's, (laughs) it's, it's like the attention is the biggest, hottest commodity that you, your business or your church can, can get from someone. Uh, How is that shifting for the church? Yeah. I mean, I think you could assume 30 years ago um, that when somebody showed up to your church and you were communicating to them, you could overall assume that the, that you had their sole attention. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, yeah, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I mean, right. the average person, you and I, we see over 10,000 branded messages every single day. 10,000. 
And so I think there's a new reality for us as church leaders to, that we have to understand. And what I share, I share three things in the book of things that we can no longer assume when we communicate in the area of attention is that we can't, we have to stop assuming that you have your audience attention and you have to actually focus on earning it. Um, it when you focus on earning it, it changes everything for what you're communicating because you actually work towards um, capturing and keeping people's attention in, in a way that they can, you know, hear and respond to your message. Yeah. And then, you know, look, the, uh, the second one is like, stop assuming that because it's important to you, it's important to your audience, but you, cause you have to speak about what's important to them first. And the things, because we all have so many messages that are coming our way and so many things that people want from us, we really focus most of our attention on the things that, that we want for us. Um, you know, and so we have to speak to what people's felt needs are and their burdens, um, to cut through the noise. And then the third thing is we have to stop adding to your message and start simplifying because the, the complexity, um, doesn't scale when everybody is already walking into every communication channel, pretty overwhelmed with all that they're dealing with. That's like, that's like, that's like putting a card out or something that has, every possible detail about an event on the card. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here's yeah. the times and dates and here's how you sign up. But then it's also, and we're only offering it these days of the week and it's going to be this time. And here's who's going to be there. And here's a little write up that tells you a little bit about why you should be there. It's like, whoa, whoa, just, whoa, that's so much. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. We over, uh, we oversaturate them with information and, mm-hmm. and it, it, it becomes noisy and difficult. Yeah. And I share about that in the book too, of just, I think one of the things we have to rethink when we communicate is that we, we have to stop thinking like staff members and we really have to start thinking like advocates for the person we're trying to reach. Yeah. Um, and so if you're thinking about, you know, the person you're trying to, that you personally are inviting to church that Sunday and you're trying to advocate for them and what you're deciding and you're putting, you know, 15 things on that piece of paper that they're going to get handed when they walk in. You might have a different lens when you're thinking about your neighbor getting that yeah. and then being overwhelmed with that. So it, we have to keep our mindset on the person we're trying to reach like that because it's not just about us as staff members putting out everything that we want to put out and make ourselves feel better. It's about reaching those people that, that God's called us to reach. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that those are incredible, incredible points. So if you are listening, please pull over and write that down. Um, attendance, engagement, attention, those things are changing. Just take notice. Um, last thing I want to get to here before we, before we wrap up, I, we've talked, we've talked a little bit about the comms team as a service oriented department. And that's somewhat true, but also a little bit of an outdated way of looking at it. And, uh, you, you mentioned some things in the book of how we should really be kind of looking at the communication department. And so could you talk just a little bit about what's the shift happening there in mm-hmm. churches? Um, it, honestly, I, I wish I could say that this was a shift that I saw churches making, um, but that's part of what drew me to add this chapter, yeah. honestly, to, to the book. And that I think the, the burden I carry is knowing that, you know, for far too long, churches have seen the communications area as a service department instead of ministry. And so what, what practically what that looks like is I give the example of the, the 15 minute oil change service department, you know, where, where ministry leaders or pastors will dump something onto a communications person's lap and say, Hey, can you make this look pretty? Um, you know, edit it, proof it, send it out. And, um, it's like the last 10% of what the project is, whatever it is. 
and then it's on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And it's very much a, you know, factory mindsets or a service department of crank it out, bring it in, crank it out and on to the next thing. Yeah. And when you look, if, if you, if you are plopped down into any community in United States or really anywhere right now, and you looked at the current reality of the people you're trying to reach, I, I think you'd realize that the greatest opportunities you have to connect with people aren't just in, in person. They are actually through all these great communication tools that we now have. I mean, we can click a button now and engage hundreds or thousands of people. Yeah. And so what, what I try to call people to do is to realize, okay, you may be the social media volunteer or the social media leader or communications leader, but the reality is you are probably preaching to more people than your pastor every single week. And so for us as, as church leaders, if you have influence over this, or if you are that person that is just trying to figure out, you know, figure out your why for why you're doing what you're doing, I think it's vital for us to think of our role, not just as a service department, but to think of it as a ministry and to make that shift from, you know, how do I use Facebook to do what our staff is calling us to do and look at Facebook as a mission field to stop looking at text messages as just a thing to promote things, but more of a thing to say, how can we engage people and connect people um, on that? I saw my, um, the communications director on my team doing this very thing um, this past week. So that text message thing that I was sharing with you, um, that wasn't a gimmick to try to just get more people to come to church on Sunday. That was, that was a piece of what we wanted to encourage people to do, but right. that wasn't our why. And I can tell you that by knowing our communications director, Derek Malloy, he was going through all um, all 200 plus of those messages and personally responding to them and mm-hmm. pointing them towards a ministry or a small group or uh, some resource that we had available to help them take their next step towards Jesus or, or equip or encourage them in some way. That's awesome. So he could easily have just been like, all right, I sent my text. Good to go. But no, he he's looking at this as a, like, this is his ministry. Yes. And so the greatest thing he's doing there is helping put Jesus on display in every one of those Facebook messages and text messages and all that stuff that are going back and forth. So I, I, I think if we can, if you're a creative leader, communications leader, if you can put the hat on as a, as a saying, how am I leading my ministry instead of how am I doing my job as a service department? Um, I, I think it changes your why and it changes the, the power that you can use, um, and, and really equips you to use the God given tools that you've got to do, um, and do an incredible job of just putting Jesus on display and some of the greatest opportunities we've ever had as a church. That's incredible. I'm so glad you shared that, man. That's, that's my heart for social media and what we do as well. And, you know, there's a lot of times where we do get really wrapped up in posting things that we just know people will love and respond to without remembering that we're trying to do something meaningful with it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, why would I ask them what their favorite place to eat after church is? (laughs) Why would I do that? Well, for one, it gets great responses. It does. But the other thing is I can tag businesses. I can make relationships there, but the real reason should be, I just want a relationship with these people and start to feel like when I do talk about spiritual things that they already feel like they have a relationship with us as a church. And it it gives us that space to come in and go, how can we pray? I I think, I think a lot of, of social media managers get these like 
And, and there's nothing wrong with the done for you packages of, of graphics and things like that, but they ask questions and then sometimes it doesn't work. Like they're like, nobody's responding, nobody's engaging. And what they don't realize is, is that when, when people share deep, meaningful things on Facebook, it's not just with anyone, it's with people they feel they have a relationship. And if mm-hmm. they don't feel like they have a relationship with your church, because you've done the work of relationship building throughout social media with that mm-hmm. stuff that seems to not matter. Then when you ask them, how can we pray for you? They don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. And so it's, 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 there's a lot of building of that relationship. And when you get to that point where you have that and you ask that question and a lot of people respond, that enables, I think this situation like you're talking about, and it's just, it's amazing. It is an amazing yeah. feeling to be a pastor online. Uh, no it's doubt. so great. Yeah. Well, dead on. Well, tell us. Um, uh, I think a lot of us probably. I've seen so many people posting that they're, they've got this book. So uh, tell everybody who hasn't got it yet uh, where they can get it, how they can get it. And I'm going to put links in the show notes too. But just tell them how can they get the book, and then how can we find you online? Yeah, for sure. You can go to rethinkcommunicationbook.com to get all the links for you know for Amazon, iBooks, Kindle, um, Nook. If you use that, I don't. Do you know anybody that uses Nook? I what, don't. I what, don't personally know anybody. A Nook is that Nook, a th- like Barnes and Noble? You mean they're, a, you they're mean like a, digital? You mean a book? No, I think they call it Nook. A Nook, that right? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I, I like, don't know anybody that uses it. I don't know anybody either. I'm like, oh, good, it's on there. That's I mean, so, I have an iPad. Find it, yeah. You know. Uh, so anyway, back to the, back to the book. So you can go to rethinkcommunicationbook.com to find you know links for that, or I'm, you can just search rethink communication on Amazon and find it there. Um, so awesome. It, Definitely. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And if you're out there and you have, and you have a nook, I'm really sorry that Phil insulted you so badly just now. That was really rude. And uh, I apologize. I feel relatively confident that we didn't offend anybody. But you never know. Uh, oh, but as you, so I'd love funny. to hear from you to know there's somebody out there. Um, but yeah, nook, so you can nook readers unite. Uh, you, so you can connect there and then, um, it, to connect with me, you can, if you get my book, I give out my phone number there so you can, um, text me or give me a call anytime. All right. Uh, and then, um, but also just feel free to email me, phil at philbowdle, dot com, And, um, would love to connect with you, help you any way I can. That's awesome. You give your phone number out. That's brave. Uh, I love it when, do, when guys do that because I, I have so many random photos that I want to send you. Uh, things that you probably don't care about. Like, Hey, look, here's a, uh, look what I found outside. Somebody left it in my yard. Here's a unicorn. Yeah. There you go. This, look at this dude. He parks in his grass. You know, I, I have a tendency to, for, for people that I like enough to really prank, I try to find a, a convenient time to just do a gift war with them and yes. send everyone like usually 40, 50, 60 all at once. I have a folder of them ready to go <laughs> and just blitz them with all these. So that's yeah, a, I'm waiting for somebody to, to try to, you do um, not. Yeah. Bring you, it on. You Let's do not go. want to get into that with Jonathan Malm. <laughs> you do not want to get into gift for with Jonathan Malm or, or Justin, or Justin Dean. It, Justin, it gets, uh, it goes, it goes south pretty quick. Um, that I believe. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> I'll tell you what, what I love to do funny. And this is my fun thing is when I go to like one of my kids things at school or whatever, I like to open up airdrop and see who's got theirs on that it receives from just anybody. And then I, and I take random, (laughs) Hey, what's up photos. And then try to airdrop them to people. (laughs) Uh, uh, So funny. And it's like, it's such Andy, uh, um, Andy, Andy Kaufman that the man on the moon. 
Yes. That's his, yeah. that's his kind of Jim Carrey. Or, he, that's his, yeah, that's yeah. his kind of humor. <laughs> I really love that. All right. Well, Phil, thank you so much for being on the show, man. This is such good, uh, con- such good content. That is, that is sentence. I don't know. We'll go with it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, grammar Nazis, you guys can email Phil at philbattle.com about that. Uh, if you, so you probably should be reading your nook a little bit more. Uh, yeah, just, just trying to keep up. Yeah. Just message me from your nook. Yeah. Uh, that'll be at Phil, Phil battle. All right. Uh, so, uh, thank you. Thanks man. So much for being on the show. I really appreciate hey, your time bro. and your insight. I had a blast. Thanks so much, man. All right, guys. And you can get this on uh, Seth, sethmuse.com slash 75. This is the 75th episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Thanks for sticking with me. Uh, you get all the links that we talked about in the show there. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. This episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is brought to you by Creed's blog. Visit Creed's blog at www.creedthoughts.gov.www forward slash creedthoughts. 